0: Hello, everybody. TJ Schwartz here. Welcome back to the edge and flow podcast. I'm here with Lucas Burnley and we set off on our last episode at the very end on accomplishing a one week objective. We each did, and we're going to touch base on whether we got that done. What was your objective for the week? (laughs)
1: Uh, I left the end of the week with an unfinished air management system in my shop. So basically switching over to rapid or max line, I'd run some of the main runs and I was just like bogged down in the details. I did finish it, but on a modified level. So I was running two main rooms, my grinding room, and then like my main shop and what I realized, I don't know exactly where I want it all to run in my grinding room. I also ran into a material problem, um, in that I couldn't find a bunch of, Plumbing fittings that I needed in town. Mm, mm. And so I just decided to finish all of the runs in the main workshop and then cap the grinding room. Mm, Um, But I also designed the rest of the grinding room. So now I know where my drops are going to go. So I'm 80% total completion, but like the thought work is also done. So I'm
0: going to say like
1: 90% complete.
0: So, what all do you use air for in the grinding room?
1: So grinding room, essentially I like to have, I like to have, um, kind of an air hose within reach anywhere mm-hmm. I am just for like dusting off parts. Yeah. Um, you can run like little handheld vacuum cleaners off of them, uh, blast cabinet, uh, surface grinder. So bandsaw, like basically mm-hmm. any, just super handy to have. So air. surface
0: grinders in the grinding room, surface
1: grinder yeah. is in the grinding room. Arguably doesn't need to be because it's run wet. Um, mm-hmm. but, It's a grinder. So when the grinding room
0: and then kind of the
1: same thing outside. Um, so CNC, I've got like a hose reel and then probably like every 10 feet on the wall, I've got a
0: drop. Just like a chuck.
1: Yeah. Um, and then, you know, that way, like if I need to tie into it, I can just splice in Mm -hmm. and like, say I'm using like a rotary tool,
0: like, like something like a Fordham air driven. If you pull your truck in the shop and you want to air up all four tires at once. <laughs> do you have actually speaking of
1: that? Do you have one like an inflator deflator? I've got one that will do two tires at the same time. I don't.
0: I need to do that. I don't have onboard air or anything like yeah. that. Is that what you mean? You have like a compressor. It's not
1: onboard air. I'm supposed to get a compressor here soon, but mm-hmm. um, I've like put my truck on pause. Naughty truck, too expensive. <laughs> um I know. But it's basically just it's a really cool system. Um it's basically just like a manifold with two hoses coming off it. And Mm -hmm. so you, whatever your air, air supply is, you plug into that one. It's got your gauge and it'll inflate or deflate two tires at the same rate. That's awesome. Yeah. be handy. And I'll send you a link to it. Um, so yeah, that, that is like the reality. A lot of times I feel like is we set goals and then you have to modify them either as you get closer to completion or as something like kind of affects it outside the of the bridge
0: version of the goal
1: yeah so like i look at it and i'm like i still feel like i got it done right nice. it just had to be modified yeah. what
0: about you well i had said that i was gonna finish the 750 cycle start <laughs> and cross the finish line on this batch of scalpels i failed i didn't really i did not make it and it's it's actually it's not the end of the world because i'm close i, I am close and i did run it basically the whole time but i did have one day i i was i'm coming i'm on the bevels now and i didn't really know for sure with the new machine what tool life was going to be on that bevel and so i was i was thinking i might be short on tools but i was like worried about ordering a bunch more until i knew the numbers like until i had some of them run and so it turns out i did i was going to fall short on tools like i could tell and so i overnighted a set of tools and they were going to get it get in at like one on friday last week and so it was Thursday night that I closed out, finished, ran out of tools. was going to wait till midday Friday. And then it occurred to me like this is forcing me to have a sort of day away from doing that. And so what I did right. is worked on design. Um, and so even though the tools came in midday on Friday, I just set that whole day aside for design and then came in on Monday and started back up again. So I lost basically a day. And so that's basically what's offsetting me to but not gained have a complete. day of design. Yeah. So it it's... I didn't be. I didn't achieve the goal, but you know, it wasn't because of some calamity. It was just the way it worked out.
1: All right, I see. I think I see a theme okay. for today. Mm-hmm. Plans.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Are
1: they worth it? Do they work?
0: Like, yeah. And do they? Are they effective, or are they just like a what is it? A pacifier for your mind? You know what I mean?
1: Ooh, right. Um. Also, like the fact that you switched over to design work, do you have backup plans?
0: Backup plans. For like, does
1: it make sense? Like as you're having plans, like, all right, especially around production, right? You're like, okay, everything goes well. My tooling lasts the time it needs to last. I run my parts. Nothing breaks. That job is finished. If something happens and I have a block of 24 hours, do you have like automatically have something that that is? I with?
0: always have basically a hopper. And so it's like, there's no shortage of things to take its place. But is it like
1: calculated, a calculated hopper based on priority? Or is it Um, just like you have a ton
0: of stuff to do? A ton of stuff to do generally, but usually there's like two things that are, that are really nagging at me that I just pick one, you know, sometimes it's like the last minute, like the morning I wake up or I guess the night when I ordered overnight of the tools, I was like, you know what? I can either wait till noon and try to have a half day machining, or I can just, totally divert kind of like our last conversation about setting the whole day aside for a different mindset. And the one thing that was most, you know, leaning on me was I'm designing the next knife to follow the Overland in my lineup. And I, I really, really needed to get it designed and finalized. I've, I've done like half a dozen 3d prints, but I need to get water jet running and I need to get some of the upstream stuff moving. And I can't do it without having that, like at least the silhouette finalized. Right. And so I ordered steel for it. And I was like, when that steel arrives, I've lo- I would love to have the ability to then just get it water jet and not have steel waiting for right. the design. So I was like, yeah, it's a good time to do that. It's perfect timing in some kind of staged.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, on to like that the maker manager schedule. So I've been doing that now for like a little over two weeks. Mm-hmm. It is proving to be pretty effective. Um, mm-hmm. with some like little modifications. Today is a management day. Um, I woke up, got a head cold, and like I'm not sharp today, and mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not a good manager. I do not want to do emails all day. So like, oh, yeah, it's <laughs> tough. um but what I've been finding is, so I've I've been setting up that like Wednesday as like my heavy hitting management day. But the way that it's kind of working out is almost every day something will pop up. So what I'm doing is I'm just tackling that after usually about like 2 PM.
0: Mm -hmm. seems
1: like a really good, a really good um, kind of split because if something derails me at two, I've still got a really solid day of work um in the shop behind me Mm -hmm. so it's been pretty satisfying and it seems like from a from like a functional standpoint it's actually working
0: really well yeah i like that a lot i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to really think about integrating something like that because like i said i've got a hopper of things that aren't necessarily in the shop like most of the things that nag at me are the things not in the shop basically i have to sit down in front of a computer most of for most of those things and uh yeah i gotta i gotta think about that i gotta Come up with a scheme, but
1: yeah, it it is. I mean, it feels like a never ending scheme, but it's like okay. So some of it is based on priority, but like a lot of times, yeah, those the important things are the ones that are like easy to put aside because they're yeah. important, but they're not urgent. Yeah, um, yeah. Do, like and doing it, QuickBooks for me is one of those where I'm like, I just did I did four months worth of QuickBooks in a day oh, because I just forgot yeah. I'm supposed to yeah. do it every week.
0: Yeah, that, those those stink. <laughs> Does it track your mileage? Do you use it for that too?
1: Uh, I don't track my mileage, no.
0: Yeah, because I've, I've gotten to where I've gotten way behind and I have to remember all the trips that I did because it tracks my mileage. So I'm like, right. oh, uh, why did I go to Ontario that day? Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I guess that was, you know. Yeah, if you do it once trip. a week, you're good. Yeah,
1: but it, yeah. it's that like muscle memory that is super, super um, important. I think, Mm -hmm. and it, and it, as it expands, this is like where this is where like the planning concept, I feel like for a lot of people starts to kind of like fall apart and you're in this like reactive, like not Mm -hmm. survival mode, but kind of Mm -hmm. right. Which is like the work at hand is taking all of your resources and not allowing you to kind of forecast necessity in the future. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like vision versus focus.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Vision versus focus. That seems accurate. Mm-hmm. What, like in general, do you, are you like a planner or are you long-term planner?
0: Uh, no, not, not long-term at all. Honestly, all of my plans in my head. I mean, I have like goals that are kind of like, just kind of like ideals that I would like to see happen in five, 10 years, whatever sure, it is, but, but they're nebulous. But yeah. They're, yeah. They're abstract, but as far as My planning, I'm generally thinking like three to six months um, as far as executing and what I'm doing with my hands and my mind. You know what I mean? Uh, That's about the window that I'm operating on. So like right now, my head is thinking about finishing this year strong and 2023 feels like a bit of a blank canvas, even though I'm starting to piece, it's getting closer. So I'm piecing together like what the first quarter of next year looks like. But right now, everything in my vision on a daily basis is like, okay, by the end of December, I want these things accomplished. Right.
1: Yeah. And then do you like, do you create like waypoints? Like, do you itemize, like break it down into smaller steps? Or do you usually have like kind of a big goal and you generally know what you need to do to accomplish
0: it? Um, yeah. The thing is there's a lot of parallel processes. Right. So there's like a lot of the things that I have going on are simultaneous in some ways. Uh, but yeah, usually it's com- compartmentalized. Like if I want to have this done by then, then I need to do this by next week, etc. But I also, I'm not one to like put dates on things of like when I want things done, what it, what sure. really it comes down to is like when, if you're trying to uh, like, let's say I want to launch this new knife that I'm talking about that I've designed. Okay. I in order to get the steel water jet, I need to get the design finalized. So that's what I need to focus on. And then not letting one of those steps stagnate, but just taking them one at a time and completing right. them. So once the design's done, okay, I need to get them water jet. And that means I need right. to come up with a DXF. I need to get, drop the steel off. I need to get that going. And then, you know, one step at a time, but there's, like I said, parallel processes. So there's a few stacks that I'm working through right. and jumping from one stack to the other, but it's like, just pulling one item off each stack and doing it, you know, and then just, it, it'll, it'll come out when it comes out. It's kind of, I'm okay with that. But I do t- try to remind myself, like, I want it to come out this year. That, that's the goal, but that's not, yeah. yeah. It's
1: so. interesting. The, the concept of parallel processes is one, I think that works at a certain scale
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then as as like tasks or goals start to expand, I think that one starts to go off the rails. Yeah. Cause you always have some stuff that is like fairly kind of linear, right. Mm -hmm. Or like they work hand in hand, but as soon as you start to bring in something like we were talking about hats for you, that is kind of parallel, but it's a different level and different process of like design and project management. And then mm-hmm. fulfillment it's different in every way. It just like kind of throws your current system. You're like, oh man, I got to get a hat box. Mm-hmm. How am I going to ship hats or, you know, whatever it is, um, and those start to expand. And it's like the conversations around either projects or products. I think after a little while, they start to just be like kind of soul focus. Yeah. Right. Even in maybe like in an area, like if you're doing apparel and hats, maybe they're, that's like related, Mm -hmm. but like the way I feel that a lot of makers work, it starts to, they start to be like divergent pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's being only one person is the biggest (laughs) bummer right now. I, I wish I could, I could clone myself and then just like put my clone in the closet. at night. Yeah. Bring them out and have them do all the work that I need done.
1: I know. Like running airlines is like, that's maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. That's like my maintenance department just did a beautiful job running airlines. Come on, Elon Musk. We need these robots. We need them now. (laughs) You know, man, but that, I mean, I think over the last like four or five years, I've really had to look at goals from like a very flexible standpoint and just realize that like, the goal itself could change or my ability to complete the goal could change. Like it's a moving target. Um, yeah,
0: there's a tricky, I think goals. I think goals are good for checkpoints and for the vision side. I yeah. think they're important, but I think for me, the overarching thing that drives me forward is trusting the process, which you hear all the time and yeah. lots of different spheres because you can't focus on goals like every day because it's like, it'll be too far away for you to focus on it because your, your end goal doesn't really apply to what you're going to do today necessarily. Cause like I said, if I have those stacks, let's say the next stack is to sit down and finish this design or whatever. It's like, let's say my big goal for next year is like some kind of revenue goal. It's like, I can't think my way into that revenue. I need to just do the work now. Um, But what I've found that works really well is if I sit down, maybe it's like a, Quarterly thing and set my goal for, like, let's say it was next year, let's say it's next quarter, whatever. And then just make a quick list, only a couple items of what does have to take place for that goal to be met. And there's some semi large things like, I'm going to depart from doing this kind of work. I'm right. going to do more of this kind of work. I'm going to abandon this project, whatever. And then seeing it there, and it's very easy when you're looking at it big picture to say, for me to achieve this goal these things probably almost have to happen otherwise right. that goal First. won't be reached and then just and then I'll just remember that and it's like in my subconscious of like that's what was required to get to the goal and just check yourself and then after that go back to the stack you know what I mean and go right. back to just trust the process and then circle back to the big goal in an intermittent amount of time and sometimes like I'll set that goal like I set a goal about a year ago and And then I'll look at this year and say, okay, I did achieve the goal, but I, I forgot about the goal, but I did do the things that I put put on that list.
1: Right. You put the pieces in motion. I would say like my process overall has been very similar. And another kind of thing that would tie into this almost is like the idea of a business plan. Like Mm -hmm. I get that the uh, business plan is super valuable, to a lot of businesses probably would be valuable to me, but it's always been like a really fluid dynamic mm-hmm. plan. Like, because the process is always evolving and changing. I would love for someone to tell me that I'm wrong and like be able to explain to me why I should also have like a dialed business yeah, plan. Yeah. So if I don't, you're listening to this and you can't.
0: I personally, I'd love to hear a case for that, but I don't yeah. really adhere to the dialed business plan concept. Right? I think, I think you got to cowboy it. Honestly, I, th- I just think. Dependent instinct, on the type of business. That's true. Right? That's very true. But I think instinct can't, is, is, can't be overstated. You know what I mean? Like if you're moving through a business environment, you, you're feeling where is, where is pressure and where is a vacuum right. all the time. Right. And it's like, you have to be able to move with flexibility all the time, 24 right. seven. And if you over define your goals and over define your strategies, then you'll just ignore messages that are being telegraphed to you by the world. You know right. what I
1: mean? We're, it's like, it's like guerrilla business. Yeah. Basically yeah. like you have to be like small and fat. I and mean, well you don't have to be small, but at the point where you are small being fast and flexible and adaptable, I think is super, super valuable.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause you
1: can't just like dig your heels in and be like, break yourself upon me yeah. world. Like Right. <laughs> We're just going to get run over if we don't move out of the way or like adapt.
0: Yeah. And that's, this is a super abstract thing, but I'm a World War II history buff, right? (laughs) And like the naval scene, the Pacific theater was kind of the US-Japan deal. And one of the takeaways you always hear about is like the Japanese could plan better than anyone else in any theater with their naval strategy. But if something went wrong, they could be defeated because their plan would not allow for flexibility. Whereas the you're kind of stereotypical, like the American cowboy was out there like hacking, but (laughs) they would get a a good break and then they would see the opportunity and take it and it would work out. You know what I mean? And it's like kind of the whole story of like the Pacific theater theater. And it's like, that's, it's kind of a, a a good narrative of like business for me. Good tie in. Yeah. And it's like having the plan smart, but you can't just stick to it because it's, what you decided to do when things were different, you know? Right.
1: That the, the things being different is I think one of the most critical elements. So it's like, if you made plans when you were 20, would they still be where you wanted to end up when you were 40? Mm-hmm. Depending on the type of plan, probably right. Like there's definite like, and, and some people more so than others. But man, it's like along the path, I feel like we learn so much of like what we want or like what our capabilities are, what the end goal might look like that. Yeah, I, I've always thought of plans as kind of like a like what did you you said? A checkpoint. I kind of think of them as like a just like a loose like path, mm-hmm. right? Where you like, yeah, it kind of gives me like a general
0: direction.
1: Mm-hmm. Like I know this is important.
0: Right. And I've said it before on the podcast, I think, but that's the point where I decide what I'm not doing anymore. Not and it more importantly more important than what I'm going to do, but what I'm going to not do. You know, yeah. where that's where I make my cuts. That's where I decide I'm shedding this burden. I'm stopping this pro- process. I'm discontinuing this product. That's usually what that means. Like I've become over encumbered and I realize I need right. that checkpoint. And I separate from other things. That's how it goes.
1: Right. The opposite of that being just adding something else of value. Which like the two things are not equal. Like Mm -mm. adding something of value is not the same as like canceling something that is not providing you value anymore. Right. Right. Maddie and I were actually just talking about this a little while ago. It's really hard. It's hard to know sometimes like where to cut
0: and what. Oh yeah. You know that's it is a hard question. Because especially (laughs) when you do if you have too many irons in the fire and you know it but you know they all have good opportunities like they all are good that's the what makes it hard is like you got to let some of them go but you know if if you put all your attention into them they would also succeed most more than likely and it's It's like that's the the hardest part you want it to yeah so you have to you have to you know focus on the ones that really really get you going that excite you that that are really the opportunities you know, well, and and there's
1: also like the reality that things like everything in its season kind of concept, like mm-hmm. things change. So I, I don't think that having like a super focused, like one goal that you were trying to achieve, like for me would, would work very well. Cause a lot of times, like I take a break from the goals and I would, and I would shift it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it is it's tricky. So in in that, I mean, like, there's things that I cancel temporarily mm-hmm. that still have value. Yes, it but just, later. Yes, but later doesn't deserve all of my Shelf time it. right now. Yeah, like,
0: and that's where you get the hopper of right. like, you've got these half baked things that are ready to roll whenever, which is kind of a beautiful thing because if something else stalls you, you, you know, call up this other opportunity and move forward.
1: Or your brain's in a different place. Yeah. Um, like I, I spent that week running the airlines and I I was really into it until the last day. And I was just like, man, I, I just want to be working on knives. Mm -hmm. Like I got to this point where I was like all of my thought process and like physical labor has been like doing this just plumbing job. And I got to the last day and I was like, yep, I'm done. And it was great because the time it like timed out in a way where I was like, all right, now I'm moving on to this batch of quikens.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. You know, and I'm sure when I'm done with those, I'll be like ready to do something else in the shop. That's I don't know what I don't know what like a static, stable. Work life kind of balance for me at this point looks like because we've had we've had the two moves and two kids inside of five years. So I don't know what it actually looks like. Just like walk into the shop and be like, here's my work. You've been on spin cycle. Yeah. Like here's my, here's the hours that I have to do it. Here's the like next goal I'm trying to achieve. It's been like eight things every day, just like coming at me from every possible angle. Yeah. Yeah. How do you like you're in, you're in like growth and development phase, but you actually seem like you're working pretty
0: stable right? I'm, i my hours and basically the structure of my day and week and month is, has never been more stable in my whole career. Uh, it's, I've, I have it down to a pretty rigid structure of when I go into work, when I'm done, what I'm trying to do, what the day looks like, what the week looks like. Uh, and it, it's pretty liberating for me in a lot of ways because I think structure, it sounds suppressive, but I think it's liberating more right. than it is suppressive. Oh, I, complete,
1: I, I completely agree.
0: I think just nothing really thrives in chaos. Even right. creativity. I think there's a, a notion out there that like creativity does well in chaos. It's kind of yeah. like the narrative of like the writer in the right. messy bedroom or the messy Yeah, you know, I say sculptors. it d- does well
1: despite chaos. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes always it overcomes chaos. Yeah, overcomes. Yeah, but,
0: but I think the systematic creative person can succeed extremely well you know what i mean because yeah, it's i, I think I the systematic agree. is it's got to be installed at some point and well, I, I went a lot of, of it's years same with without money
1: it. right it's yep. the same with budgeting it's like oh if you're on a budget you're like limiting yourself it's like no you're on a budget you understand your finances you actually have financial you have like much more financial freedom yeah. yeah right
0: time is the exact same way do you manage your time or does your time manage you yeah it's one or the other exactly yeah. We have kids, so.
1: so our time manages us a little bit. Yeah, yeah, like.
0: that, that's a factor. The only thing that's been that's softened my like rigidity with how I work is I have to get good sleep. I'm just built that way. And we have two kids, you know, that one's six months, one's two and a half, and sometimes nights are a little sideways. You know yeah. what I mean? Like sometimes at one in the morning, things are getting weird, and one one or both of us <laughs> is awake or something's happening, you know? And so it's like, sometimes I sleep in and take and like come in an hour later in the morning. Yeah. That's really where the only flexibility is. Cause I can, I could just power through and get up, but then I'll do that for four days and get behind on sleep. And then it doesn't, it's not worth it doesn't it. pay. It doesn't pay. No. Yeah. 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 So that's, I went through a
1: period, like I set an alarm now, um, but I, I mostly wake up around the same time. But like, I, I did that for a long time where I'm like, it doesn't matter. I just set a timer. So I would mm-hmm. set like an eight-hour timer. Didn't so whenever I went to bed, it was wake-up time was eight hours. Interesting. After that. that one's pretty good. Um, That's
0: cool. I hadn't but thought But difficult
1: that. with <laughs> like try yeah. that with kids. Like yep. So lately, lately I've done, I've been doing like two things, which are I've been really good about shutting off my phone about an hour before I go to bed. I I'm know kind that. of a news hound. I like and I'm information right. Me too. I would say I'm an information junkie. So shutting that down and reading and then man, trying to get like in bed by nine is the mm. ideal. Mm. 10 is kind of like the cutoff to where if I don't do that, like the next day I notice it. Mm. Um, and then I've been doing the same thing with my phone in the morning. Like normally I wake up and I go like, I'll listen to a few like news podcasts and I just stop doing it. And yeah. it, it's had like a pretty distinct effect on my mornings. Yeah. Which is That's a trip. Good. It's just, I mean, an extra 30 minute to an hour runway of just kind of like my own thoughts and like quiet. Theoretically, if Winston doesn't wake up at five o'clock in the morning and like right party, <laughs> um, goes. I heard this morning, all I heard was this like shuffle, 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 shuffle. He'd like climbed up into a cabinet and like got this huge box of goldfish out. <laughs> and it was just like going into the living room. Like, like, all right, yeah, uh, here yeah. we go. Time I don't to start know. The day. So yeah, like that, the the plans thing from that standpoint, man, it's just like, if you try to hold the same plan and method all the time as a, like kind of a sole operator, I feel like that is really, really tricky.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Trying to think of like kind of in the background, I was trying to think of like, if I know anybody who kind of does that. I'm like, I think at least in like the maker community, every, everyone seems like fairly dynamic.
0: Yeah. I think right? being dynamic is that's the word. Yeah. And uh, maybe it's overused in the business sphere, but it's a, it's a good word because I, I think reading and reacting is, is important. And I think yeah. that's yeah. where you see people succeed in big ways. It's, it's, it really is. There's, there's an intangible part of it. Everyone's got to do the work, but there is that, that instinct part of like, can you see what's in front of you or not? Right. Um, and it, part of that is learned a big part of it, maybe most of it, but it, you have to develop the instinct to know when to go. You know what I mean? And it's like, right. okay, I see this, I'm going now. And so I think, I think I do think sometimes that like, look strange from the outside because yeah. I felt that instinctive pull, like this is the move. Right. And then I just, I don't, once that f- instinct hits me, I just do it. Right. And it's like, I've I rarely kind of like wait on that. And I think it looks strange from the outside, but I've learned to trust it.
1: Do you think it's a, do you think it's learned behavior?
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: A really easy. One would be like in high school, like you could probably learn when to leave a house party mm-hmm. pretty easily. Like not knowing, like not even having the awareness of like that as a process, but just kind of understanding like, okay. Like it's this time of night, like people are acting like this, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, like whatever that input is, there's probably something that's kicking in, saying like it's time to leave. I feel like that probably carries through in different elements of our life. Like investing could be a similar, like maybe if you're a lifelong investor, you're like, eh, like this party's starting to feel like
0: yeah. about done. Time to time to leave the party. Time
1: to leave the party. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Or or as it relates to like kind of business. Yeah, I guess in in like in the knife side of things, you could look at it from a trends scenario. The the odd thing about trends in the knife industry that I've seen is like something can be much more popular for a time, but even if that fades, there's usually enough of an audience and value to it to, for the people that are like engaged in it
0: mm-hmm. to
1: either not notice or not care.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Stylistically, you know, kind of like, or, you know, if you talk about like early two thousands and like a lot of the tactical knives, like all those knives it might not be quite as popular, but they're so popular enough. Right? Yeah. Or like, yeah. Eras They've, where like brat people hated brass. Yeah. They, now they like it's like crunch is like a, a premium material. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, no, it's yeah. And that's and there's a there's a gut feeling aspect to that. And I think trusting your gut, you hear it every, all the time overused cliche, but it's true. Um, and with business for me, I think when I look back, like, I, you know, you obviously make wrong decisions based on your gut, but there's more experiences that I've had where I waited too long to listen to it and then missed an opportunity or wasted an opportunity or knew it was there. And, you know, I become that guy that's like, yo, I called that. It's right. like, well, why didn't you, why didn't you why invest? Did you you know it? what I mean? Yeah. It's the guy like, Oh, I was telling, telling you Google was going <laughs> to get big. It's like, well, how come <laughs> you're not driving a Ferrari? You know, yeah. it's like,
1: I think, but. I think for me, the, the idea of not, like not getting rid of processes has, has probably had like an effect on some of like the failures where just like, yeah, you just like hung on a little bit too long to something.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that, that was like a big, a big shift where I realized like, Oh no, like I'm getting enough good opportunities that I can't say yes to all of them.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And there's like, there's a lot of freedom in that being able to like kind of pick and choose and be like, and just general
0: decisiveness. Like Right. Leave, leave the the playing field with no gray area. You know what I mean? Like just right. go through a, a business opportunity and either shut it down or take it full stride, but right. don't, don't leave like a bunch of gray area where like, so are you in or not? Like, is this right. what we're doing? You know, and then you're, you're continuing to chew on things that your gut told you, you shouldn't be chewing on, but right. you just, you keep rolling it around and wasting energy.
1: Right. Ultimately the decision is, is probably less, important than making the decision. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like
1: yes or no, probably 90% of the time, both of them will work, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, angsting over one or the other, or like regretting it when you've made a decision. Yeah. That's a binary one. man. Yes. Or well no. that, I mean, that's like, that's like the, just like ruminating on kind of like ideas and problems and plans is probably like a very similar thing. Like, I feel like sometimes I'd be better off just being like, all right, here's what I'm going to (laughs) do. Like, I'm going to make, you know, make 20 knives a month every month for this entire year. And then just like, forget about it. Because at the end of the year, like if I did that, uh, that year was a success. It works. Right. Right. If I change it, like, or if I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, yeah, it's funny. Like in retrospect, there's, I feel like there's a lot of decisions and plans that we make where you're like, oh, it actually didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter at all.
0: Yeah. So that, so that kind of circles back to something I mentioned earlier of like, is it possible that planning like kind of the bigger picture stuff is more of a pacifier? And the, what I mean by that is like, you want to like anxiety is not something that feels good. And when right. you make plans, that's what anxiety is for from like a biological standpoint right. is forces you to make a plan right? so that you feel secure yep. and then you move forward. Is it possible that planning is a pacifier for your anxiety and that it maybe isn't doing much externally other than just pacifying? Oh, fully.
1: Oh, I think that's like, that is something that I can speak from like direct experience as as that being true. Mm -hmm. Um, In that. Anxiety can, can like act in a way where the, the planning is like scratching that itch
0: mm-hmm.
1: where you're essentially getting like a dopamine release in the planning of the thing, which is reducing the anxiety.
0: Yeah. And you get, so you can over plan you get circular and that's devolves to analysis paralysis that you hear right. about.
1: Or you just start to go off the rails and plan for like every possible eventuality. Right. Um, which I think there at certain points in life, there's like some benefit to like being able to see like, multiple outcomes um mm-hmm. and tried and trying to like kind of create a game plan for how to approach that situation mm-hmm. from multiple angles um but yeah i think i think a lot of times like in my case like i look at planning and i'm like i just over plan because my brain is active and it's like okay cool like well you're we done with the airlines well, all right like what's the next thing as opposed to just being like I mean, the airlines are done and I've got work to do. Right. It's like easy yeah. to plan the next improvement or like the next, next goal from like a, like a progress or gain perspective, which I think for me, I notice is like, is kind of the red flag. Yeah. Right. What, what is the goal? Is the goal is, is kind of the, the outcome more. Right. Right if it's heavily airing on the side of it, just being like more growth, like tools, shop money, whatever it is. That's a time where I try to kind of like look at it. Hmm. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, a challenging paradox almost, you know, of like- that's why
1: I was asking you about your shop. Like if you feel like in your work, if you are settled kind of like, this is my shop space, this, these are the tools that I have, the way that my workflow is, and then you're just able to work. Like, do you feel stable in that way?
0: Uh, yes. And not until to- not totally right now, because I have a new machine on board that kind of stirred the pot as far as like my workflow. Right. And so I'm, re- I'm re-stabilizing, but. I have like the scheme and the feel for like where that's going to head. And so I felt pretty stable before that. And now like I'm increasing the stability and I think the two machines helps with that. And, uh, you know, one of the things is like, I'm, I'm wanting to get further ahead. I do custom knives, you know what I mean? So people go on the website, they choose all their materials, their handle scales, their Kydex color, blah, blah, blah. And so I've always been playing from behind of like filling orders but I want to have a more streamlined system where I have like inventory of components, and that'll even further stabilize the workflow because right. instead of being 100% reactive, it's more like I'm leading, right? Um, and having the capacity of two machines is what's going to hopefully do that. And so what I'd been doing was like I would have a certain amount of orders in order, say G10 and Micarta, and I would I would calculate like this is how much I need for current orders to right. fill them plus. 25% just so that a few orders come in in the meantime, I'm all right. And I would cut it all up on a table saw machine them all. And then by the time I assembled those knives and get them out the door, I got a new batch of orders that I got to look at, do the numbers. Whereas what I did this time is I just ordered like an enormous amount of all the colors in a rough ratio of what I think they sell at. And then I have had them all water jet into coupons and there I was going to way- say that
1: would be a game changer.
0: Yeah. It's way more than what I have sold for the right. first time. And I'm going to, I'm going to inventory the coupons unmachined because the next knife is going to have a handle that fits in that same coupon. Right. In a, and so I'll have X amount of inventory per color per knife that Just is machined and then, and then establish a system where, okay, I'm down to only five sets of green canvas, micarta Overland handles i gotta i gotta replenish that and i have the coupons already and then and then pay attention when the coupons run low that's my restock and so waiting for material and water jet doesn't affect my output that's all like totally back end yep and so that's where i'm trying to get and so i want to get to where it's kind of like it's basically lean manufacturing model of like the just-in-time thing of like i'm only building like these knives are getting built like days before they're going out the door and they're getting assembled and they're getting, you know, allocated the different resources right at the point of assembly in a sense. And so that's where... Does that's that where hold
1: I'm though in. if you are ordering additional material and like starting to stockpile some? Because that's not... I mean, that doesn't really tie into the lean
0: thing, does it? Uh, no, you're right. The inventory keeping low, the minimum viable inventory is like... The so maybe model. that's
1: flexible target. Yeah.
0: So it's like whatever... It, I mean, the number of coupons that I have is inventory in addition to the inventory of the handles, but right. that I only want that to be a certain amount. I don't want it to be like an overwhelming well, amount. And
1: that, the beauty of it is, I mean, this is like batch and queue, right? Which is super effective for small shops.
0: Mm-hmm. So like
1: you batch work that you can, whether that's machining parts or out of curiosity, how much time do you think it saves you water jetting your coupons versus you cutting them on a table saw? Uh,
0: oh, not a crazy amount because like, honestly if it's a sharp blade, the hard part is going through blades fast, but yeah. it cuts up pretty quick. It's just, it's the messiest. It's the part of making these knives that I like the least. Yeah. And that's why I cut it and it's took it to Waterjet. Yeah. That's because I reason. freaking hated it. It was like right. you, I would fall behind on orders because I would want to do other things. Like I'd right. look at that stack and be like, the next thing I should logically do is cut all that material up, <laughs> but I'm going to design today instead. <laughs> you know, it was like, I'd kick the can. And I was like, I need to delete that. I can't be doing something that I literally hate, you know?
1: No, that's, and that's a super, that's a super good way to deal with it. Well, The question of time, I mean, it's relative because you can either use your time, which you, like, if I asked you, I was like, Hey dude, uh, I need you to cut handle scales for me on your table saw. How much would you charge me to do that?
0: And is Uh, it cheaper
1: than water jet? Like hard. No, hard. No. Right. Hard No. So that's like a really honest way, I think, to look at some of these things are like, I would rather pay to have this job done regardless yeah. of the amount of my own personal time it takes.
0: Right. And the the kicker that kind of delayed that decision was like because of the way I was doing it, I would, you know, accumulate a certain amount of orders that I'm yeah. trying to fill. And sometimes it'd be like, oh, this one color, let's say it's red G10. There's only one or two orders of that color. And it's like I can't justify a sheet that is equivalent to the size of the other materials. Sure. And so I, what I, I, it's pretty difficult to take a bunch of sheets to waterjet all the time. That's like this one's six inches by 12 inches. This one's 36 by 24. This is like, they would just side eye you pretty hard. If you came in with like 20 different sizes. And so what I decided was like, I don't care about that. Whatever colors I have, I'm going to order a 24 by 36 sheet. And I'm gonna have it the coupon match other knives such that I know I'll use them. Eventually. And so I'm gonna be over inventoried on those, but it's it it allows me to water jet. So right. it's a must. Well and
1: the and the flip, like another way you could do it is you could just say, like, all right, I'm gonna keep X amount of, you know, 12 by 6, you know, coupons in the shop of mm-hmm. these really funky materials that are never gonna be standard. Right, right. Somebody wants this color. That's when you break out the table saw. And yeah. You cut two sets and you're odds done. And it's ends. like, yeah, it's like an odds and ends. And that's actually a level of flexibility that I really like because we are small enough that we can still do that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Where a lot of companies that would never, it's just not going to happen.
0: Yeah. If they can't justify a full blown custom material order for like yeah. 2000 pounds of it, then it doesn't make sense. But it's interesting
1: but, to see like even in your head, you're shifting some of those processes because you just realize you're like, okay, that efficiency to not have to do this one horrible, horrible task.
0: And that's a perfect like, example of like, what am I going to stop doing? Right. I'm going to stop band sawing or uh, table sawing to yeah. 10 I'm going <laughs> to stop doing that. And so what does that mean? That means it's going to get water jet. What does that yeah. mean? That means I need bigger sheets. That means I need to have an inventory system. That means other knives need to fit the same coupon. Like it precipitates other decisions. Right. And they happen automatically. But is, all I had to do was tell myself I'm done with the table saw. And then you just do the rest of the work. And then I imagine a year from now, I'll look back and say it worked. It, it did what I needed it to do. And it just took one decision. It just took, I'm not going to table saw it. It's pretty nice. So that's where, that's a goal. You know, you could call that a goal of like, I'm not going to use the table saw anymore on G10. And then the rest is just execution and focus on the details. And yeah, so it's
1: kind of like, okay, so my plan, I think I mentioned that, like the plan for doing, making sure that I do five folders a month. Honestly, the plan. Okay. So the plan I've been, since we've been in this shop, like. My shop's still not done. Like I'm, I was finishing setting up my surface grinder yesterday, like Mm. because of the way that work has changed and it kind of come in and out and focus on priorities and kids and all this stuff. My shop hasn't had to have all of the pieces in place until now to really function. Like before we left the Cape, I made a ton of parts Mm -hmm. because I knew that we were going to be down for like an indeterminate amount of time. What I didn't know that was that like, we're going to be in a pandemic. I wasn't going to be doing shows. I was going to be making like less folders, like all this stuff. Right. So as I've been kind of looking for just like different, I don't know, like goals, right? Like some, some consistent goals to hit the tricky part being that they're not like hypercritical. Right. Like if I don't Mm -hmm. make the five folders a month, like nothing happens. It's just that I would rather be doing that. So essentially what I did was I, I kind of set this goal for myself, which is I'm going to try to do five folders a month along with everything else that I'm doing. But it's primarily for the process. So five is like an easy batch size. It's less about having that, making sure I get them done every month, than making sure that there are always five knives moving through my shop. Mm -hmm. right? That makes doing a show much easier because I know that like I've got five knives coming up. Maybe it takes seven or 10 knives to a, to a trade show. Um, it also forces me to get all of my equipment online because Mm -hmm. at this point I'm out of the parts that I'd pre-machined. So it's like basically last, I think last week I started on a batch of Quikens frame locks and heat treated blades yesterday. The next step is surface grinding. Well, don't have a surface grinder. So the rest of yesterday shifted to setting up my surface grinder. Mm -hmm. The next day I have in the shop, will be back to surface grinding. And it it ties in really heavily with this maker manager schedule. And it's like, so far, it's been really nice, man. Like up until today, this week, all I've done is just work on knives. But also having the freedom to know that today I'm going to get in the office, theoretically, and hustle on kind of like the thought work and some of like the longer term goals and projects Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right so
0: yeah yeah you it kind of i like that that game plan it kind of made me think a little bit about when you're setting goals like how to set them and maybe a good idea for a goal and it sounds like what you're doing is there's smaller goals there's bigger goals and then there's enormous goals the sizing of the goal should maybe be May, try to make it like a singular narrow goal, but it it's like uh, three goals removed from you, smaller right. goals, and then attack that because you know, it's going to take you through these other problems. right? Or and things situations. that I
1: was procrastinating on. Exactly. Like, so it's there. I got to a point where I didn't want to work on my shop anymore, mm-hmm. but to really be able to have make the knives that I want to make, like my, my equipment has to be fully functional. Right. There's another component that ties into the five thing, which is I could have just made it open-ended and said, all right, I'm going to do 20 folders a month. One of my biggest goals moving forward is to get functional with fusion 360 and to upgrade my machining practices. Five knives in a batch allows me to then look at the next five knives, whatever it is, and make a process improvement on a small scale. Mm-hmm. So like for the Quiken frame lock right now, I think like one of the I have two goals. I'm gonna thin out the blade stock, which means I need, you know, I'm gonna go from 156 to 141. That means I'll machine the backspacer thinner. And I want to design a like a 3D milled clip. Mm-hmm. That's one generation of changes. But it, just the clip alone, if I do the clip infusion, that is a hundred percent gain in my effectiveness. Cause right now I'm using Rhino. Right. So it's like, instead of getting trapped into the idea of like, all right, I'm, I'm off and running. Like I'm going to make folders. This is going to allow me to kind of hopefully work through my current models and make improvements. And at a point jump kind of organically into a new model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's like a, a goal of, of like reasonable
0: scale. Right. Right. Reasonable scale. And also, like you said, it it leads you to do the things that need done in the intermittent, in the intermittent period. You know, like you have to use fusion to do that. You have to dial in X, Y, Z to achieve that goal. And you will benefit maybe more from those smaller checkpoints than you will the big goal. You know what I mean? Well, yeah.
1: The five knives are like, they're like, it's like a moot point. It really is about like, Oh man. Okay. Well, I need, I improved my fixture between that run of Quikens and this run, and it mm-hmm. like over the years I've I've batch and queued for so long where it's like I'll just run you know twenty or thirty part sets of folders and then the next time I'm machining I'll run the next model and run a bunch of parts, but that ties you into the way that they are made. Mm-hmm. And at this point, my head is so firmly kind of rooted in the concept of like R and D and prototyping and learning that for me to make the same model repetitively like I have to go like full Toyota on it. I have to be like, all right, I made five of these. Like how can I make it better?
0: Yep. Continual improvement.
1: Yeah. And I think that's my hack right now for planning. Cause I was having a really hard time like with longer, longer term goals. Um, primarily because for the last five years I had been pushing so hard on a set of goals that when I achieved those, Like I didn't have any, I didn't have a backup. Mm -hmm. It was like, those were done. It's like getting out of a fist fight. And I was sitting there going like, I don't know what to do next.
0: Yeah. That's it. It's like a hangover from achieving a goal.
1: Total hangover. Like, yeah. Interesting process. I could imagine if
0: you were like, if you're a football player and you won the Super Bowl. Yep. And then the next day you're like, what, am I going to paint
1: something? Am I going to... Eat these chips. Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> right. there's so much, there's so much buildup between, you know, yeah. like shows like that have always, have always been like that for me, where it's like, I work, 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 build, 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 build. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not like actually like engaging in my life for long stretches of time. This is like early 20s primarily, where I just like check out and I go to the show and, it would just like completely overwhelm me. So all of a sudden, like you see all of the people that you know, you sell all your knives, you've got all the money, you go to the bar, you drink a bunch, and then there's other people that you know, and then like Sunday morning you get up and go on a plane and you go home and you're in your quiet shop again. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. Yeah. and it was just like man, steep drop off. Steep drop tell, off. So tell me this: has this ever crossed your mind? Yeah. Have you ever thought like, okay, let's say you buy that hundred million dollar ticket, you know, that lottery ticket and you win. Has it ever crossed your mind that like it has for me that it would take something away from me in that like what you're saying, like my goals, they do involve like setting my family up for success. And like if that disappeared where it's like they're already set up, right? I don't know what I would do. You know what I mean? Like I don't know what would get me going.
1: I will tell you my opinion. It doesn't, I don't think it needs to be the hundred million dollar lottery ticket. Mm-hmm. I think you will very easily in the next, I don't know, five years probably hit a point where the financial driver that you're feeling now isn't the driver. Mm-hmm. So that for me, on a planning side is an interesting question because it's like, well, if that goes away, what's your driver?
0: Like, what is the, what's yeah. the backup?
1: Yeah. hundred million That's, dollars, man. Yeah. Like, I can,
0: I can hardly, I can hardly sense what that would feel like. I don't know. It seems so alien to me to like
1: the number to is have the to thing find that a new. Yeah. The number is the thing that feels alien. I think, sorry to interrupt. Like, Oh no. They, you know, they talk about like, okay, once you achieve, like what, I forget what it is in the U S it might be like $70,000 a year. Like the quality of life between like, you know, a $30,000 a year job and 70 is huge. 70 to 200 is like not huge mm-hmm. because the needs are met. You're not like worrying about where your groceries yeah. are coming from. You're not worrying about how you're paying your mortgage. Right. So yeah. what's the, what's the alternative like inspiration? What's the fuel?
0: Well, I think I think what's what's interesting for me that I've tried to learn about myself that I think I might have kind of pinned down is I think it's for me, it's like the pursuit of growth. And I don't mean like the money. I mean, like, uh, like developing a self-sustaining system for like a family. Yeah. The pursuit of that is like really fun for me. Like it's really interesting and exciting. And what, like the pursuit part of it, it's like, there's got to be a pursuit for me. It feels like, you know what I mean? And then like, what else would I pursue if my family was taken care of? You know right. what I mean? Like that's crossed my mind of like, what if I really don't want to come into money? You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. Cause well, it's like, it's like you said, what if you,
1: no, I don't think there's the, hey, you don't want to come into money. Let's get right. rid of that one. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Just, just scratch that. It's better. It's right. like better to have that problem and deal with it at the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it is, I think something that a lot of people look at money as the fix. Mm. And I don't think that exists. Right. Like, I think that a lot of the problems that we are trying to solve around our businesses and like based on financial sides, like this will be better once I achieve X amount. Right. I don't think that's actually the case. Yeah. I think we're better off like enjoying the process of our work
0: mm-hmm.
1: and letting that make us money. Yeah. Um, For sure, everything in its season, but I do think That's it good. plays.
0: It's deep, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's a it's something I've, I've I've thought about not not because I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna make so much money on knives that I'm not gonna know what to do with myself, but the there's always that hundred million dollar lottery question that is like if you take any question to its extreme it makes you think like deeper about the question, you know? Totally. And that's why I've, I've, I mean, cause you know, sometimes you see the, the Powerball go crazy and you go buy a ticket and then you think about it and you're like, I, I, you know, what, do, what would I do tomorrow? Right. If I, if if I won, cause it's like, <sighs> would I be depressed? I don't, I don't know. Right. I might be like, I might actually be depressed. If like I won the, nu-
1: I mean, the numbers would say that you would be, I yeah. mean, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of a, I don't know, man. Yeah, that does get, that that does get kind of deep, but (laughs) I, you know, I have a, I have a theory around some of this stuff too, which is like, as it relates to knife makers, I think sometimes there can be like this, like doggedness almost around like how you work for your money. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think it's because knifing ultimately is like rooted in like this very blue collar mentality. Um, similar to artists being like that, the idea of like selling out or like not doing your art for financial gain. I'm like, I don't know, man. I just want to see my friends like make enough money to, you know, provide for their families and, and like have a good life. And with the realization that inside of the knife industry, this is fully feasible. When I started, Mm -hmm. people told me
0: that you could not make a living making knives. Look at you now. Well, (laughs) did did you you go send him a a Facebook message? Any like, yeah,
1: (laughs) here's me on a yacht.
0: Yeah. I don't actually actually have a yacht, but,
1: (laughs) but no, but like it was a it was like a really common thing. And I I can't actually figure out what, like what the driver was for people to tell like a teenager that. So the, Mm. like the, the jokes were always like, you know, if you want to make a million dollars making knives, start with two. Right. Right. And that idea that just like, don't quit your day job. And you're like, who, like, who is actually giving that advice? I know it's terrible.
0: I I got that advice from all around. I I remember having to explain myself to some people. Um, My dad really understood. He's done that. He's done the same thing. But like, there's, there's people in my life where it was like, uh, yeah, this is. Sounds funner to me. I guess that was like part of yeah. My it's best like a big part. Is Did like you ever a,
1: have anybody that was like well known and had made their money tell you not to do it?
0: I don't think so. I I don't think so. But
1: I I don't know. I guess Maybe i had run one.
0: around with a lot of people like that. But sure.
1: Yeah, I guess because like trade shows, like you were doing trade shows different than I was doing at the same age, mm-hmm. but like. I never know. Like I never know what people's drivers. So I always, I always say the opposite. I'm like, absolutely. You can make money. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. You make lots of money. You yeah. Just have to like plan for it and have some goals.
0: Yeah. Yep. Trust and the then, process.
1: Yeah. Um, reminds me of a quote from a movie, like hold on tightly, let go lightly. I always uh-huh. like that. That's kind of like how I look at plans. I'm like, man, the idea of not fighting a weak position as like things start to like turn and you're like, my plans aren't working. Yeah. (laughs) This isn't my goal. And you're like, you know, white knuckle it.
0: Right. Yeah. It's past. There's a, yeah, there's a, there's a time to jump off of every speaking
1: of time to jump off. We're probably getting there. What, uh, do you have any goals for next week?
0: So my goal It's a, I can't reuse the same goal, but I will finish those by next week more than likely. I mean, I'm, I'm within 24 hours of doing that. So that'll be off the checklist. And then depending on whether we're on here Tuesday or Thursday, we usually record this on somewhere between Tuesday and Thursday, Wednesday sometimes I'd like to have the fixture for the overland built. Ooh, because I need to, the next process for this machine is I need to have, I've got it all mapped out and I've got all the hardware and I've, I've got it like theoretically developed in my head, but I do have to do the fusion work and machine it, but it's aluminum. So, I mean, we're not talking rocket science, which means mounting the Pearson on the machine, mounting the pallet on the Pearson and machining the pallet. So that's what I want done. Cause that's I need to be network. machining those overlands like soonish. So yep. It's time to rock and roll. Nice. How about you? I
1: got, well, Kaser gets set up tomorrow. So basically airlines are done. They're coming to land the power tomorrow and do the startup. Um, which is super exciting. I'm going to try to get the five Quikens basically done. That's, that's kind of basically mean. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'll try to have them done because I have to, so I have to finish. I think I finished the surface grinder. Basically just like had to plumb, like we changed the power and did all this, like put new coolant pumps and all this stuff in it. So I think I have it plumbed. I'm going to fire that up today. Surface grind the blades. I was trying to think about like what I've got left. So basically I have surface grinding blades, then grinding blades, then lock fitting and all of the finish work on five knives. Stretch goal would maybe be to have started machining on the next oh see here's the tricky part right if i do my five knives what do i move on to after those so it's like do i go to scipops pops or polys so okay i'm just gonna say finish my five knives
0: okay finish five knives
1: finish five knives
0: begin maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> if if I build the fixture if I build the fixture that means I will immediately have been attempted to machine a bevel on the sile on the overland right Ooh. so that'll answer a lot of questions as soon as I video done. this so at at this at our next conversation that'll make the actual I'll, I'll circle back to the earlier conversation if I make the goal to machine a bevel on the overland on the sile that means i will have have to have built the pallet so okay. so we're maybe seeing the
1: next 2 weeks what's that of goals
0: no this this uh, this would coming week would that be
1: in so okay yeah. so you're going to make yeah. that you're going to make the machining if, of the bevel the goal
0: cuz that's the and Ooh. you know just circling back to what i said earlier about like if i make the goal leapfrog over a couple other goals i'll have to complete those to get there which Ooh. Because okay. I, if the fixture is done, I will be machining the bevels within minutes from within that. minutes. Okay. So it's like, that's oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I already have run many of them on other fixtures. So I just right. have to move the, the cam onto a new pallet and I'm going, I'm moving. So,
1: how long is it going to take you to break down, to actually build the fixture,
0: just to get into the weeds a little bit? To build a fixture? Uh, well, I, I kind of mapped it out in my head for a while. I mean, it's going to be a, basically a day project, I think. Okay. Um, just because I'm doing everything steel on steel. So nice. I'm sinking uh, threads that are steel in for the shoulder bolts. But then I'm on top of the like threads. Is a
1: king cert or something like that? What is that?
0: It's a threaded. It's OD threaded thread and, and ID threaded. Okay, got it. So I, I lock tight the OD thread into a threaded hole that leaves a steel ID threaded hole. And it, that'll be deep down in the fixture. And then above that will be a drill bushing that's hardened that's got a quarter inch precise hole so what it'll the net effect is you'll have it flush with the top of the pallet you'll see a quarter inch hole that's a hardened bushing dropping down into steel threads so a shoulder bolt going through the blade has the location of the hardened hardened drill bushing and the threads of the steel threads below underneath so it's all steel on steel when you're pulling stuff off and on so there's no where aluminum's fine but not over time for that kind of stuff and so that's where i want this thing to last like i'm building the fixture of fixtures for this knife is the goal nice so and if it works then i copy and paste and i have two of them and i hot swap so that's the dream
1: all right okay good goals
0: sweet all All right right, guys thanks for thanks for listening yeah if you've followed us this far along thank you (laughs) And please stick around and let us know what you think. If you have any input, DM us or whatever,
1: leave us a comment, send us an email.
0: Sure. Love it. Yeah. Thank you. Leave us a review. See you around. Peace.